0: Welcome to a new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Let's join Pastor Johnson as he shares another life-changing message. Let me give you the scriptures, brothers and sisters, that um, that we're going to be studying from. I just got three of them today. Uh, Lord be the Say the same. We won't be very long. We try to be within our time frame, but let me give you uh, our scriptures. We got three of them. You got your pen and paper. Those of you who like to write this down, you can. Those of you who just like to follow along with us in your Bible, or those of you just just like to l- listen. Either way, it go uh, praise God. We got you covered. All right. Uh, our first scripture is coming out of the book of Acts, Acts the twenty sixth chapter, verse one through 18 this Acts 26 chapter verse 1 through 18 and the next one is also the book of Acts uh, Acts the third chapter Acts 3 uh, and verse number 22 and 23 that's acts 3 22 through 23 and our last script will be an Old Testament scripture this would be Jeremiah Okay, Jeremiah, the 29th chapter, uh, verse 10 through 11. That's Jeremiah 29, 10 through 11. So those are the scriptures that we'll be uh, teaching from this morning. And uh ask you to follow along with us. So listen, amen, and we'll see what the Lord uh, has for us on today. Uh, in, in the book of Acts, the 26th chapter, what I want to begin dealing with, let me give you the subject that I'm going to be talking from. I gave you the scripture. My subject would be, God said, I will make you a minister. That's what God told uh, the Apostle Paul as he was on the, uh, that destructive road, road of Damascus, going down to uh, prosecute uh, the people of God for calling on that great name, Jesus Well, at one time, you know, all of us, brothers and sisters, we was on the wrong side of God's law. And Paul found himself, although he was a religious man, but uh, he was still on the wrong side of God's plan. And he did not know that, but later he came into the knowledge of that, and God put him on the right road. We studied this particular chapter here once before but I got another thought coming from this same uh, scripture and um, this this book right here, the twenty sixth chapter. So uh, let's take a look at it uh, in this twenty sixth chapter. Well, uh, God told Saul, "I'm going to make you a minister." God has a, a plan for all of our lives, brothers and sisters. I want you to understand that that God has a plan. I'll never forget my old. Bishop years ago, that was one of his themes on his radio broadcast, and the theme was God has a plan, and he do. Uh, He has a plan for you. He has a plan for myself. He has a plan for all of God's children, men, women, boy, and girl. God has a plan for our lives, and I thank God that I'm walking in that plan, and I thank God for those of you who have found that purpose your purpose in life is so important, brothers and sisters, when you find, uh, find out uh, your purpose in life. And there is, there is a purpose for all of us, amen, up on planet Earth. Well, let's look at some scripture here, okay? Well, let's begin in a read at, um, let's see. Let's look at verse number one. We'll start then. We'll read down. We're going to skip down some to get to our main point. Uh, t- verse 1 and 26 chapter. Then Agrippa said unto Paul, Thou art permitted to speak for thyself. Then Paul stretched forth, uh, put forth the hand, stretched forth the hand, and answered for himself. Well, what's going on here? Paul is being, he's, he's arrested for uh, allegedly, they say, stirring up confusion and, and getting the people just calling a riot. One thing about the Word of God, I've I've learned that the Word of God will get people up in an uproar, especially if you're on the wrong side of it. But if you're on the right side of it, it's, it's news to your ear. It's good news uh, to the believer. But these people was on the wrong side of God's plan of salvation. And what Paul was bringing to them uh, was the gospel of Jesus Christ, where they weren't uh, accustomed to just only to the law of Moses. And and these people uh, thought Paul just stirring up trouble, turning the people away from uh, the Mosaic law to this new this new idea, this new way of living, this new uh, 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 Christianity thing that they don't know or didn't know much about. And so Paul is before Agrippa, and not only he's before Agrippa, but they took him from uh, he he was tried several times, went before. Uh, excuse me, several different leaders. He went before Fester. Now he's before Agrippa, and uh, and he's making his appeal. He really wanted to appear before Caesar. Okay, so just take a look at this right here. He said, then Agrippa says unto him, now, Paul, you are permitted to speak for thyself, and it's a blessing, you know, brothers and sisters, to be able to speak for yourself. Sometimes we heard things that people have said about us, about you, about others, but it's a blessing to be able to speak for yourself. I've learned in life I, to never judge a matter until I hear uh, both sides. There's Somebody said there's two sides to everything, almost every story, two sides to the coin. Well, I, I, I've learned to make my decision in life uh, after I have heard from both sides of the party because uh, I think there's nothing uh, that's the right thing to do, and that's the, that's that's the way God wants us to be, fair and just. So he said, "Paul, you you permitted to speak for yourself." And Paul he he stretched forth uh, his hand and began to answer for himself. And he verse two said, "I think myself happy, King Agrippa, because I shall answer for myself this day before thee, touching all the things whereof I am accused of a Jew. These are Jews. Uh, these Jews accuse him of blasphemy." blaspheming the word of God. You blaspheme, man. You you just outside. You, you're not right. You're doing the wrong thing, going against Moses, going against the establishment. You just messing up in your causing and oh, uproar, and we want you to be done away with. Put in prison, uh, just locked up and throw away the key. And so he said, uh, A King, I thank you that I'm able to speak and answer for myself concerning those things that I am accused of, you know, it's it's one thing to be accused of something, and then not another thing not to be able to speak uh, for yourself concerning the thing that you are accused of. That's that's injustice. That's injustice wherever, anywhere it might be. And then it said, verse three said, especially because I know thee to be an expert in all the custom and question which are among the Jews were forth, I beseech thee to hear me patiently. Then, he, then he went forth to say, uh, in the next verse, verse four, he began to uh, express to Agrippa. He said, Now my manner of life from my youth, which was at the first among my own nation at Jerusalem. Now all the Jews which knew me from the beginning, if they would testify. That after the most strictest sect of our religion, I lived a Pharisee. So Paul is beginning to give Agrippa a of a uh a little a little bit of history uh that's pertaining to his life, what his life has been like, where he came from and what he was into. You know, just let let him see that Paul wasn't a bad man. Uh he was a Pharisee. Let's read just a little bit further, if you will. Verse number five said, uh, which knew me from the beginning. He said, well, he said, I live uh, one of, uh, uh, from one of the most strictest sects of our religion. I live the Pharisee. Okay, and verse six, said, and now I stand and I'm judged for the hope of the promise made of God unto our fathers. So he's saying that I'm here before you because I'm talking about the hope. That God has gave and made to our forefathers, and I'm telling people about that hope. Well, that hope that God made to the forefather was hope of Jesus Christ coming into the world to save us from our sin. Paul was talking about that great hope which we have right now and we need right now. Oh, yes, we do. And verse number seven says, Unto which promise. Our 12 tribe instantly serving God day and night, hope to come, for which hope's sake, King Agrippa, I am accused of the Jew. So he was accused of the Jew for talking about this great hope that was promised to come into the world to save mankind. Verse 8 said, why should it be thought a thing incredible with you that God should raise the dead? Well, this was a... not to norm in in that day and time. The Pharisees and the Sadducees and many of them, they didn't believe that there would be a resurrection. When you when you die, you was done. Well, we have people believe that way today. They think that after this life is all over, you know, you don't live this life, uh, you are done. I heard some say, "Well, you only live once in life, so you might as well enjoy yourself, live it up, uh, enjoy, get all the gusto so you can." But we know for a fact. That it's not all over after this life. There is life after this life, and this is the reason why we live the life we live, because we are living to live again. We will spend eternity somewhere uh, with God or, uh, or from the presence of God. Now look at verse number nine. He said, "I, I, I verily thought, I verily thought uh, with myself that I ought to do many." things contrary to the name of Jesus uh, of Nazareth. Now, here is a man confessing that he thought, when he was on the other side of the law, uh, within himself, to do many things contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth. And then he goes on to testify and said, which things I also did in Jerusalem. He did do things contrary to uh, the Jesus of Nazareth. And he goes on to express it. Here's what he done before God got his attention and put him on the right road. You know, we talk about this street called Straight Street. Uh, which thing I also did in Jerusalem, and many of the saints, it was that many of the saints did I shut up in prison. Now, why would a man lock the saints up in prison? Because he didn't understand. He didn't understand what God was doing. He didn't understand the move of God. This this new covenant that God was uh, orchestrating, that God was bringing in a new and a better way. He didn't understand it. He thought that they all should keep the Mosaic law and that these saints here were going contrary to that law and they deserved to be shut up in prison. And then he said, having received authority from the chief priest. Now he just wasn't, Paul was not just acting uh, alone. He wasn't acting on his own. Uh, Paul had authority from the chief priests, the rulers, that, uh, to lock these people up, throw them in jail. Anybody that called on the name of Jesus, they're worshiping this Jesus of Nazareth, uh, throw, lock them up and put them in jail. Bring them. Let's read on just a little bit We uh, Have received authority from the chief priests, uh, and when they were put to death, okay, listen at this. Not only did they put them in jail, but when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. Yes, these are those saints that were worshiping and calling on uh, that name Jesus. So not only were they arrested, they were put to death. And verse number 11 said, and I punished them off in every synagogue. Paul was a man uh, that was after the people of God in his ignorance, that is, and he compelled them to blaspheme, made many of them deny that name, uh, forsake that name, to speak blasphemy against the name of Jesus, and being exceedingly mad against them. I want you to understand one thing, brothers and sisters. When you don't understand God, God's will, God's way, uh, the devil, you have to understand, he's not your friend. The devil is mad at all of us. He mad all you believers out there, all you saints of God out there. The devil is angry at you, and he's especially angry at the at the at the man of God, God's leader, God appointed leader. He's, he's I got a, a I have a huge a bullseye on my back, and all of God's preachers because he'd like to get rid of us. So we'll shut up and stop talking about this name, Jesus, and causing some people to believe in this name, Jesus. So the men of God, we, have to, uh, we are standing especially in a great need of prayer. Pray for your pastor. Pray for your leader. We need it because we putting it out there, and the devil don't like it, okay? If he can shut our mouth up, some of you all might go back to your old ways. Listen to what he said. He said, I punished them often in every synagogue and compelled them to blaspheme and being exceedingly mad. You see this word? Exceedingly mad against them. Oh, brothers and sisters, the devil is mad and I'm glad. He missed the soul that he thought he had. And he said, I persecuted them even unto strange cities whereunto as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests. Then he goes on into his testimony a little farther. At midnight, O King, I saw in the way a light from heaven, above the brightness of the sun, shining around me, about me, and them which journeyed with me. Verse number fourteen says, "And when he were, when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking uh, unto me and saying in a Hebrew tongue." I'll say something about that. Saul saw. Why persecuted thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against a prick. Now, I notice Paul in his experience right here and those that traveled with him as he was on his way to Damascus to arrest those saints, put them in jail, and uh, put them to death and raise his voice against them. Yes. Okay, uh, God intervened. One thing about the God that we serve He's so loving. He's so kind. God know how to turn things around. And God turned this situation around. Paul had one idea, and that was to arrest God's people, throw them in jail. But God had another plan. God changed his thought. So what I'm saying here, God is the God that knows how to change the thought of your enemy. Your enemy, the Bible said, they come in one way, but they're going to flee several ways. God know how to turn the devil's purpose around, and it will be defeat for him, him uh, for himself. Check this out. Paul said, the Lord said, I, 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 he spoke to Paul in verse 14. He said, I heard this voice speaking to me in a Hebrew tongue. Well, Paul was a very learned, very eloquent man. He was trained on one of the greatest educated teachers at that time. Uh, he said at the feet of Gamaliel paul was he was uh second to none amen in his education but although he spoke uh many different languages and he spoke spoke them uh fluently you know uh, he spoke them fluently, but notice God when he spoke to Paul. I never will forget my deacon years ago, old man, and I was just a lad at that time. He was looking at me and said, Brother Johnson, God spoke to Paul. What language did he speak to him in? Lord knows I didn't know. He said, said, Brother Johnson, he spoke to him in a Hebrew tongue. I said, okay. Why did he speak to him in a Hebrew tongue? I do not know, deacon. He spoke to him in his native language, which was a Hebrew, that he makes sure you understand what I'm saying. You, I want you to get this right, what you're doing. I know you can speak the other language, but I'm speaking to you in a tongue that you were born in, so you can understand me right. Get it right. Somebody said get it right. And so he spoke to Paul in his Hebrew tongue saying, Saul, it's hard for you to kick against the prick. The kick against the prick now, when they were separating the cattles in those day and time, they had this long stick with a a sharp point on the end of it where they caught where, where they were when they were separating the cattle, they would stick the cows and poke the cows and, and that would help point them in the right direction this this prick. This, this this kick against the prick was this sharp object, and it will pierce the cow's skin and, and help point them in the direction that uh, the, 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 the people that were over them wanted them to go. And this sharp object, after getting pricked so many times, oh, it, it can cause wound to the skin. And so we understand this prick here was this sharp object, and God is letting Saul know that The the people that you're fighting against, you're fighting against my people, and it's hard for you to kick against the prick. Paul understood what this prick was, this sharp object, and the more you push against it, the more you fight it against, the more you're going to be pierced, and it will become dangerous uh, or too detrimental to your health if you keep bucking and kicking against this prick that pierced the skin. So it is with God's people. So many times we find ourselves fighting against the will of God. God has his will for us. And so many times we're fighting against God's will. And, brothers and sisters, needless to say, uh, uh, I want you to know that many times we find ourselves kicking against the prick. We're hurting on our own self. As long as we're fighting against the will of God for our life, we are piercing ourselves. We are. Hurting our own souls when we are kicking against the prick. Verse 15 says, And Paul went on, the Lord went on to say, And I said, Paul said, I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecuted. So th- there it is right there. The Lord made known to Paul who he was, uh, who he was, and we all need to know exactly who Jesus is. He said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest, the one that you are locking up in prison, the one that you are causing to blaspheme, the one that you are uh, ha- having put to death. Uh, I- I'm Jesus. You're, you're fighting against my people. These are my people. And, and, and what you're doing, you are doing, you cannot succeed. You, you will not. There's no way you can succeed. It's hard to kick against the prick. You're only going to hurt yourself. And the sooner you realize that, the better. The sooner we as God people realize that we need to submit ourselves to the will of God, it, uh, it, the sooner we realize that, it would be better for ourselves. Now, it goes on in verse number 16. God, God getting ready to make a man here. God getting ready to raise somebody up uh, right here. In verse number 16, says, uh, God told uh, uh, Paul, uh, uh, Saul at this time, before his name was changed to Paul, God told him, he said, uh, But arise, and stand upon thy feet. For I will appear. I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. Now check that out. It's very important, that word purpose. I have appeared unto you, unto thee, for this purpose. Now, what purpose did you appear unto me, Saul, as I was on my journey to this road uh, called Damascus, on down there to persecute these saints and throw them in jail? You uh, made uh, an appeal to me. You you knocked me off my beast, and I fell to the ground. Light shining so bright that it blinded me, and you stopped me from going to do what I was doing. Now, what is it that you want with me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus whom I persecute. Arise. Arise and stand up on thy feet. I have appeared unto thee for this purpose. Here it is, number one. God purpose to Paul as he was on this road to the Damascus was fourfold. Now, when I when I look at what Paul was doing prior to the call of God, persecuting the saints, throwing them in prison, having them put to death. That, that lets me know that God can use anybody, brothers and sisters. It doesn't matter who you are, where you've been, what you done. You just right for God. If you will submit and surrender to the will of God, you just right. In fact, I've I, I noticed many of the people that God used uh, to do his will, to get, to get the gospel out, to get the word out to the people of God, many people that God used, they were pretty a rough around the car before they got saved. You know, all of us was ex-something, ex-alcoholic, uh, ex-drug dealer, or a prostitute, or, or you, you just name it, you you just name the lifestyle, we were there. So uh, I, I noticed God can use anybody, and it doesn't matter. Here this man was putting people in prison, causing them to blaspheme, and having them put to death. So he, had, he was an accessory to murder, but God... Turn this man's life around and said, Paul, I, I have use for you. I got something that I want you to do. The thing that you are hurting, the thing that you are fighting against, you're going to fight for it. And that's the side. That we're on the right side now. And so God told Saul here, He said, I appeared on you for this purpose. And in the purpose of 4 4, we're going to count them as you go. He said, I appeared on you to make the uh, minister. One thing about uh, God will make His people where He wants them to be. And I and I draw the conclusion from what God is saying right here in verse sixteen with Paul. He said, "Paul, I'm going to I am peering unto you to make you a minister." And what the way I resonate with that is, he said, "I'm going to make you a minister." I come away with this right here. If God make you, brothers and sisters, can't no man break you. God God knows how to make his people what he wants them to be. God is making you right now. God is molding you. He's adjusting your life. He's getting you ready, ready to be exactly what he wants you to be. A lot of us are rough around the corner, but we don't judge nobody by that. It don't matter. I don't care what you were. God don't care what I did. God knew we were all rough around the collar and the life that we live. But when God gets through with a man, when God gets through making you and molding you and straightening you out and putting you around the right people, you're going to be just fine. You hear me? You're going to be just what God wants you to be. And this is why it's so good to be on a good teacher. And so he said, I appeal unto you to to make you, uh, number one, a minister. And when God make you, brothers and sisters, can't no man break you. Can't no man shake you. Can't no man change you because God made you. So many in my lifetime, I look at my life. God has really uh, made me into uh, what I am becoming. And he's still, I'm I'm still a work in progress. I had people all around me trying to pull me in the wrong direction. But when God is making a man, when God is making a woman, a boy, or a girl, ain't no devil in hell that can change you nor break you. So God said, He said, I'm going to make you. And I thank God for God making you, brothers and sisters. God is forming you. God is creating in you. He's putting his Holy Spirit within you, and you're going to be what God wants you to be. It's good to surrender to his will and not fight his will like many in the scripture have done. We know the story of Jonah, how he fought against the will of God. We know the story of many others in the Bible who fought against the will of God. Brothers and sisters, don't fight against the will of God. Accept the will of God that things might be well with you and be well with your household. Listen to what he says. I, uh, I I'm appealing unto you, appeal unto you to make you a minister number one uh number two and a witness of these things which thou hast seen now as I said God appearing to uh, Saul was fourfold, number one, I'm going to appear to make you a minister, that's one, okay, number two, uh, I I, I want to make you that you might be a witness, see, one thing about a minister, we all are ministers, okay, we all are not pastors, but we all are ministers, now, uh, making you this minister, God said, I'm going to make you a minister, and, I, and I'm and i going to make you a witness, brothers and sisters, it's very important you understand this, you, you cannot be an effective a, a, a minister of God without having a testimony. So God said, I'm going to make you a minister, and I'm going to make you a witness. The, you, you can witness these things. You, you have a testimony about these things that you have seen and these things that you have experienced for yourself. Brothers and sisters, a testimony is the greatest thing that any believer can have, when God gives you a testimony, there's not a devil in hell. There's not a devil anywhere that can take that testimony away from you. You, you know these things. I mean, you heard about it. I, I lived on a street call I heard one time in my life. But right now, I'm on a street called. I know, and you know these things. There something some thing that you know, and that makes you a witness for God. So God said, I'm going to make you a minister. I'm going to make you be a witness of the thing that you have seen. Now check this out. And I'm going to make you a witness of the thing uh, in which I will appear unto you. So there are things down the road that God is going to come into his life, and I want you to be a witness of the thing that I'm going to appear, the thing that I'm going to reveal to you, you're going to be a witness about that too, so what I'm saying, brothers and sisters, not only are you going to be a witness of what you have seen right now, and what you have heard, you're going to be a witness of what's going to happen down the road. And that's that going to make you awesome, an awesome believer of God. So we have uh, uh, God making him a minister, number one. God making him a witness, number two. And check out verse number seventeen. Check this out. Uh, God said, "I'm going to make you a minister." It's very important. The minister has to be made. You're gonna to have to go through something in life, brothers and sisters. You gotta experience something. Don't be don't be around here talking about, well this happened to me, that happened to you uh so and so. And, uh, thank God for everything that ever happened to you because it takes these things and some more to make you what you have what you gonna have to be. God, God is going to have to toughen up some of our skin. Some of our skin is not tough enough. You've you got to have thick skin dealing with these things right here in the last and evil days, dealing with people and dealing with uh, evil men and women. You've you got to have some tough skin. You can't, you can't be weak, brothers and sisters. You must be strong. When God gets through with you, you're going to be able to stand what you've got to go through. And so verse number 17 says, I made you a minister. All right, I'm going to make you a witness. Verse 17 says, Delivering thee from the people. I'm going to read it entirely. I'm going to come back. Delivering you from the people and from the Gentile unto whom now I send you. Now, what God is saying to Saul right here. He says, Saul, look, number one, I know about your life. I know what you was doing. But I, I, I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to use you. I'm going to clean your life up and, and turn you all around. And so I'm going to make you minister. I'm going to make you witness. And okay. And num- number three, he said, I'm going to deliver you from the people. Now, here's one thing about a minister when God makes you. You must be, it's very imperative that, that we as ministers of God, brothers and sisters, that we are delivered from the people. What do you mean by that, Brother Johnson? Delivered from the people. You can't preach to people. You can't witness to people if you're not delivered from them. Now, in this particular verse, I want you to pay closer attention to it. He said, I'm going to deliver you from the people. You see that language? God told Saul, he said, I'm going to deliver you from the people. Now, he's not talking about all the people in general at this point in this particular time. He says, Saul, I'm going to deliver you from the people. In other words, he said, I'm going to deliver you from your own people. Now, Paul was a Jew. He was a Pharisee and a Jew by birth. So Paul, God is telling Saul here that I'm going to deliver you from your own people. And so many of us trying to be a witness for the Lord, a witness for Jesus Christ, and we not we must be free from our own people, our own relatives, your own sisters and brothers, your mom, your dad, your cousin, your your aunt. you got to be delivered from them because you got to speak to them the words of life. And it does not matter that she's my mother. I, I thank God I got opportunity to, to speak the words of life to my mother. At one point in time early in my ministry, when she came to my church and joined, she said, boy, I'm going to help you. I said, thank you, mom. But anyway, it was, it was hard at first. Preaching what the Lord said to my own flesh and blood mother, but then the when the Holy Spirit come in i I, I don't see my mother as my mother in the Lord, I see my mother as, as as a child of God, and that's what God wants to do you've got to be able to be free from your relative, that you can speak the words of life to your sister. You can speak the words of life to your brother and to your family member. And don't look at them as they're your family member. Look at them. They they are souls that need to be saved. You follow what I'm saying? These are souls that need to be saved. So don't let family get in the way when you're talking about the word of God. Don't let that get in the way. You speak to them what God told you to speak to them. Okay, uh, I remember at one time uh, early in my life, I sort of I helped raise my younger two brothers and uh, and my niece. I, I sort of uh, I did a lot for them when they was coming up. Matter of fact, I cooked for them. I I helped clothe them. My niece, I helped did a lot of things for them. And, and 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 my younger two brothers was quite fond of me, looked up to me. But when I got saved, when I came to the church, when I gave my life to Jesus. They, 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 I found out later, that they, one of them, they expressed to me, they felt like that I had abandoned them, that I had left them, that I wasn't the same Thomas to them that I used to be. But they didn't understand what was going on in my life. God was turning my life around and using me and getting me ready and getting me in, uh, in the position that I need to be in, that I can really be there for them, that I can really help them in a time of trouble okay but he they they expressed me they felt that i I forsook them, and for years, for years, they had that feeling and thought in their mind. we lost trauma. Thomas forsaken us. He into the church thing. He gone. He don't have anything to do with us anymore. He's into that Jesus stuff. But but when I learned that, I I, I let them know that no, I didn't forsake you. I, I went away and I got something so I can come back and be a blessing to you. Now I can really help you, my brother. I can really help my family members now because God has delivered me from the people. Check this out. Check this out. He said, delivering you from your own people, you got to be delivered from them, and from the Gentiles unto whom now I send you. So what God is doing with Paul here, God said, Paul, I'm going to deliver you from your own relatives, and then I'm going to send you uh, unto the Gentile people. you got to be delivered from them, and I'm going to send you to them. So in other words, for you to be able to help somebody, for you to be able to, to show somebody uh, how they're traveling wrong, you've got to come out from among those people and God gets you fixed up. And, and when God gets you fixed up, when he raises you up and when he give you his purpose and give you his plan, put it in your heart, get you ready, then God takes you and sends you back to those same people that you came out from that you might help them. How can I help you until I get help? And this is what God's doing with Paul. God raised him up. He said, all right, I'm going to make you a minister. I'm going to deliver you from your people and unto the Gentile whom I send, and send you unto right now. So in order to help them, you've got to be delivered from them. You've got to be free from them. You've got to be able to speak the words of life to them without, without favoritism, without, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, any bias or uh, favor. You know, uh, you've got to speak the words of life to them as God give it to you. If God tells them uh, things, you have to tell them. And don't look at, well, this is my brother. I ain't, I ain't going to say this to my brother. Hey, brother, if you don't get your life together, you're going to lose your soul. Well, I ain't going to quite say that to him. This this is my brother. No, I have to I have to be delivered from that so I can speak the words of life, be free. You'd be surprised of the preacher who are preaching right now, whose hands are tied. They are in the pulpit preaching, but their hands are tied because of certain members in the church. Their hands are Here's somebody in the church that may have prestigious people in their congregation, so they they won't dare say certain things because they don't want to hurt those folks' feelings. They pay a whole lot of money. They they let them have their way, let them do things that they want to do because they are they you know they are they are they are are are, 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 high, are, are standing they're big people you know pious people, prestigious people. People's are are serving high position. It doesn't matter. They got souls too. You got to be free. You can't be. You can't have your hands tied and afraid to tell folk what the Lord said. And so this is what God said, Paul. uh, Saw here. I'm going to deliver you from your people. I'm going to deliver you from the Gentile, and then I'm going to send you to the Gentile that you might preach the gospel unto them freely, and you won't be bound. So brothers and sisters, I love God's people today. I love all my brothers and sisters in Christ, and and when I preach the word of God to to you today, I preach it with my hands are not tied. I preach it to my family, my family, my hands are not tied. It does not matter, you my son, my daughter, my wife, my 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 whatever it is, my who it, the word of God is to me, and it's to everybody because these are souls, and you can't withhold correction and instruction from people that you love. You. Know, Going to hurt, they feel. This is what's wrong with the preachers today. God has not made them. They worry about people feeling. We can't worry about people. That hurt my feeling. If it's going to help me, hurt my feeling. You know that's the way it should be. If it's going to hurt, one thing about it. if you don't hurt me, you know if my feelings aren't hurt about my evil and wicked way, I'm not going to change because you're talking sweet and nice. A lot of us need to be hurt. On the day of Pentecost, when the gospel was pricked, the Bible said when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. When Peter cut them with the word of God, they were cut, they were pricked, and they said, "Well, what shall we do?" This is the only way to get people to change. You gotta hurt them. I I, I love you, but I'm gonna hurt you with the word of God. You hear what I'm saying, brothers and sisters? I love you with the love of God, but I gotta hurt you. This is the only way to help you. This is the only way to get change. You got to hurt people. And you got to hurt them with the word of God, and that's with the love of God. Amen. Now, check this out. He said, deliver you from the people and, and from the Gentile whom I'm going to send you. That's number three. And number four, and I, here's the fourth thing God said, I want you to do, Saul. So. He said, I want you to open their eyes, open their eyes, and, 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 and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God. People's eyes have to come open. I thank God that one day my eyes came open. The only way for our eyes to come open, we're going to have to be shaken. We're going to have to be pulled out of our comfort zone for our eyes that come open. Uh, else we won't see. We won't see if we're not shaken up. Somebody said, well, he's so sure rough. He, he preached hard. He rough. You won't see if it's not rough. You won't come out if it's not rough, brothers and sisters. But it's it's, it's all done in love. Don't let the devil to fool you. Don't let the devil deceive you that, that he's just being hard on us. No, no, no. It's to help you. It's to help you. God said, open their eyes. Open their eyes. And sometime in opening people's eyes, you're going to have to talk about things that's uncomfortable. Opening their eyes and helping, helping them turn from darkness to light, you will going to have to talk about things that's uncomfortable. You're going to have some time to talk about the things that don't want to be talked about. You're going to have to talk about things that you wish for. Just, just leave that alone. Leave it alone. No, we got to go there. We got to go there. To open your eyes to the fact that this is not the will of God, we have to go there sometime. Amen. He says, "...to open their eyes, and to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan unto God, that they might receive forgiveness of sin, and have an inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in Jesus." Now these are the fourfold purpose that God appeared to Paul, uh, to, 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 uh, that He might make him a minister, that He might make him a witness, that He might uh, uh, go to the Gentile, be delivered from the Gentile, and that He might open their eyes. Fourfold purpose. God has a purpose for all of us. So God raised Saul up for this reason. God is raising up you and I for this reason, and I thank God Almighty, brothers and sisters, today for for raising me up and for raising you up, all right, and when God raised you up, he raised you up, right, and can't no man break you, can't no man change you, you're going to do the will of God, I thank God, brothers and sisters, I don't know about you, but I, I thank God for bringing me up the stairs. Oh, yeah, bringing me up the stairs and not the elevator. What do you mean by that, Brother John? Yes, God brought me up the stairs and not the elevator. And I pitied those people that came up the elevator. See, when they come up to these preachers and teachers and ministers, when they come up the elevator, they come up fast when you come up fast you can fall fast and when you come up fast you don't have the, the you don't appreciate the thing that God have done. I, I came up the stairs and, and when you come up the stairs I, I, I noticed every floor that I came up on. When I came up to the first floor, the second floor, the third floor, the fourth floor, and whatever floor it was that I came up when I came up the stair I noticed that floor. I experienced that floor. I know what's on that floor. I went through what's on that floor and God brought me up the right Way and he bringing you up the right way. The best way to come up, brother and sister, let God bring, let God raise you, and let God bring you up the stairs and not the elevator. And that's what's wrong with our world today. Too many of us have came up the elevator, and we don't appreciate God like we should. we blessed beyond measure. We got this and we got that. God brought up from the country, from the from the cotton sack to a Cadillac. We have gotten relaxed. We came up the elevator. We came up fast. We are not appreciative to God like we should. And this is the reason why we're experiencing some of the things that we are experiencing now. We came up so fast, and we're we forgetting about God. We've forgotten about God. You came up fast. But when you come up the stairs, you, you remember these things, and you remember what, how God done. Look, I remember living in the country. I remember when I only had one past shoes I remember when I didn't have a belt to put around my waist. I remember these things. So I came up the stairs, and I remember. God wants you to remember, brothers and sisters, from whence you came. Keep that in mind. God wants you to remember from whence you came, lest you will forget all about how you suffered. You forget all about how it was rough, but God made a way. He don't want you to forget these things. That's what's wrong with America today. We have forgotten where we came from. Oh, God got to get our attention, brothers and sisters. Whether it's through this plague, through this virus, God Almighty has to get our attention once again. Let me show you something here. Look at Let's go with me just a little bit further to the book of Acts. We're still in the book of Acts. Acts the third chapter. Listen to what God said right here. God raises up his people. He raised up his leaders. He raises up his prophets. Listen to what he said in Acts 3 and 22. He said, and Moses truly said unto the father, a prophet shall the Lord your God raise up. There it is right there. God has to raise you up. And when he do this, amen, you're you going to be just right. He, God shall raise up a prophet unto you of your brethren like unto me. Him shall you hear in all things, and he shall. And whatsoever he say unto you, and it shall come to pass that every soul which hear not that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. So when God gives you a word and when God raise you up, brothers and sisters, God going to raise you right and the people of God going to hear his word. And all that won't we'll hear will be destroyed. Brothers and sisters, let God raise you up. Come on up the stairs don't don't want to don't go up the elevator we don't want to go up fast don't take me up fast, lord, take me up the elevator take take me up the stairs I mean don't take me up the elevator, let God bring you up the right way he said i'm going to raise you up God going to raise up a prophet he raised up a prophet and all the people are going to hear that prophet. Went on the scripture, and I'm almost ready to let you go. Look, God is raising us up. Let me show you here what God done to these children of Israel in the book of Jeremiah, 29th chapter. Take a look at this right here. This is the 29th chapter of Jeremiah, Old Testament book. I'm almost done. I'm going to let you go, brothers and sisters. Check this out Jeremiah 29. Uh, uh, these people were uh, in captivity, God sent them into captivity. Uh, to the Babylonians, they was in captivity for God said it's going to be seventy years captivity. Why they go into captivity? Because of their sin. Because of the, they weren't appreciative of God. Because of the way they were treating God. They were neglecting God, forgotten about the ways of God. They went into captivity. God let them go captive to the Babylonian to teach them a lesson. What is happening to us today? We are experiencing this plague, this, this virus. What? Why is it coming up? god got to get our attention, brothers and sisters. Check this out. But he's going to raise us up. I don't know when. I thank God for everything that happened to me. In 2020, people pray, Lord, get us out of 2020. Lord, I, I look, look. 2020 was an experience. It uh, was an experience, and God want us to experience that. 2019, 2018, 2017, whatever year it was, I thank God for whatever we went through. I wouldn't take it back, I thank God, because it took that and some more to make us into what God wants to be. God is getting the people ready. He's trying to get our attention, brothers and sisters, through whatever means possible. And so here these children of Israel was in captivity to the Babylonians. Look at 29 and verse number 10. For thus said the Lord that after salvation, Years be accomplished at Babylon. I will visit you now. We're going through this virus. Something I hope it, I hope 2021. This virus, oh, look, I don't know if it's gonna be over in 2021, but it ain't gonna be over until it's accomplished. So that time that God had set for the to for the accomplish and do what he wanted to do be accomplished. Then God said, Right here, he said uh thus uh, said the Lord that after 70 years, now I don't care how those people pray down in Babylon, they can pray one year, two year, three year. I don't care how they prayed, how they fasted, God warned them to stay there for a set time. You hear what I'm saying? They had to stay. Stay right there for a set time. You can cry. Some of y'all going to die. You're going to bury your relative down in Babylon, but you're going to be in Babylon for a set time. And God said, and when that set time has been accomplished, I will come back and I will visit you. This is the word of the Lord. So, yes, the virus is upon us in in 20, and and, and it's upon us some in 21, and it's going to be upon us for a set time, brothers and sisters. And when that time is set, God has said, I will come and visit you, and I will perform my good word towards you and cause you to return to this place. We're not going back to normality. We're not going back to the norm until this set time has expired. God got to teach us a lesson. Oh, yes, some of us going to go. Some We're going to lose some. Some of our relatives, some of our friends, some of our neighbors, yes, we're going to lose some doing this this time. But until this time has been accomplished, God's not coming. We can pray, we can fast, but he's not coming until that time has been accomplished. And then the Lord said, I will visit you, and I will perform my good word towards you, and I will cause you to return to this place. Now, when we come back to this place, when we come back to the place where we were, we're going to be a more... Think for people. When we come back to the place that we were, we we're gonna understand that we gotta give our life to God. We gotta give our children life to God. We gotta dedicate our life to God. We gotta do the work of God. When He bring us back to this place, not to go back to business as usual, but the experience here is to teach us a lesson. This is what He did with the Babylonians. Now check this out in verse number eleven. God said. God loves us. No matter what we experience, I want you to understand this. No matter what we're going through, God love you. God love you. Yes, he do. Verse number 20, 11 says, check this out. God said, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, said the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. It's not that God don't love America. It's not that God don't love our relatives. Not that God don't love you and I. God know that. But he said, my thoughts toward you, I have good thoughts. They are thoughts of peace. Not thoughts of evil. It's not that he wanted to destroy, but we must be dealt with as a nation. America has to be dealt with as a nation. He said, my thoughts towards you are thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end, to give you a wonderful end. We want, we want to have a great ending. Oh, yeah, we want to have a great ending. And this is what God is interested in. And verse number 12 says, And when God do these things, when all this has accomplished, he said, Then shall you call upon me, and you shall go and pray unto me, and I will hearken unto you but when the time has been accomplished. And verse 13 says, and you shall seek me, and you're going to find me, when you have searched for me with all your heart. Brothers and sisters, God is raising us up. God is getting us ready. God is preparing us. Uh, that's what God is doing with us today. And I thank God that he's raising us up and bringing us out of darkness, bringing us into this marvelous light. Amen, somebody. So when the 70 years is up, God said, I will come back. So today, brothers and sisters, I want to encourage you. Be thankful. I thank God for every mountain. I thank God for every valley. I thank God for everything that I've gone through in life. Everything that befell me, I wouldn't change it because it took that and some to make me what he want me to be. God is making you right now. Don't regret anything. I regret nothing. I thank God for the experience. It's going to make you a better man. It's going to make you a better woman. It doesn't matter. Yes, I thank God for coming up, under this, up the stairs and not the elevator. He's going to bring us up slow, and we're going to appreciate where he brought us from. I thank God for the good. I thank God for the bad. I thank Him for the sweet. I thank Him for the bitter. Brother, I want you to understand, it's God's plan. It's God's purpose. It's God's will. And it's going to take all these things to make us what God wants to be. God bless you. I hope I said something to encourage your heart today. God's going to make you the man and the woman He wants you to be. God bless you. So we thank God for you, brothers and sisters, on this beautiful lost day. And I hope these words found you well. I hope I uh, helped you some. That's always my endeavor. We're praying for you. Continue to pray for me. Remember, God is making us. And it, and it takes something. It takes rain. It takes the sunshine. It, take, it takes a whole lot to get those flowers to bloom, okay? So God is trying to get some of us to bloom and be what he wants us to be. He's going to make you and I exactly what he wants to be. I know the world is trying to break us. The world's trying to change us. But it's, it's, it's to no avail. God is making us what it, into what he wants to be. Be encouraged. Continue to pray. Hold your head up. Hold your head up. Amen. And look to the hills which come as our help. All of our help come from the Lord. God bless you. Until next time, goodbye. Thanks, Pastor Johnson, for another amazing message. Make sure to join us next week for an all-new episode of the Upper Room Church Podcast. Until then, remember, encounter Jesus, echo hope, and dwell in love.